Welcome to the Grace City Tampa podcast. My name is Alex Damari. Me and my wife, Brianna, are the lead pastors. Our vision is to lead people into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that today's podcast will build you up, lift your faith, and encourage you in the journey. Here's the message. Amen, amen. Well, good morning, Grace City Tampa 1115 service. Y'all look good this morning. Well, my name is John Vasquez, and I'm the City Group lead here at Grace City Tampa. And it's such a pleasure, such an honor to be amongst you today, to be tasked with delivering um, the, Lord, the word of the Lord today. And uh, you may be seated. Um, thankful to be here, and I'm thankful for our incredible worship team. Can we give it up for them here? Um, just such a team full of anointed individuals. So grateful, and I truly believe that we have the best worship team in all the land. And um, for those that don't know me, uh, I come from this small town up north called New York City, um, city that never sleeps. I love New York. I, you, you'll notice it. You'll hear it just within a first five-minute conversation with me. Um, but I am so proud of where I came from, but I'm so proud of the city that I now call home, and that's Tampa, Florida. <laughs> um, just a couple more things about me. Um, my mental health is dependent on the New York Mets. Um, so if you see me down, if you see me depressed, you know that the Mets must have lost the night before. Another thing is that I love to run. I run a lot. And I'm sorry if you went on a first date in the Riverwalk and this sweaty Hispanic just ran by you with sweat just dripping right on you. I apologize. Um, sorry for the, that's the person that got offended just now. Um, but yeah, I love Great City Tampa. I love to call this place home. And uh, while it's an honor for me to be here, I want to make sure I don't say another word without honoring the, the, the mom and pop of this house, and that's Pastor Alex and Brianna. Um, they're not here today, but they're in Lakeland. But we can give it up for our lead pastors who just do such an incredible job of just stewarding not only our, our church but their home. Um, I love their belief in people, just how much they love people. They believe in people. They believe in giving people chances. And I'm not up here without them taking a chance on me. So I'm grateful for them, grateful for their lives, and grateful that we can call them our lead pastors. Well, this, this past, the past couple of weeks, we've been in a series called a Devoted Life. It's based on the book of Colossians. And Wayne and Alex did such an incredible job covering themes from the first two chapters of this book. A book that truly challenges us to keep Christ in awe and challenges us to go to a new level of faith. And today I wanna to preach to you out of Colossians 3 with the message entitled, Raise the Roof. Come on, turn to your neighbor, say, neighbor. Today's the day to raise the roof. Because we're gonna raise the roof of our faith in this building today. Come on, we're gonna read um, Colossians chapter three, verses starting at verse one. I'm gonna read one through 17, so stay with me. Verse one says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear in him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. And, the, and these you two once walked, when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self and its practices. And put on the new self. Everyone put, everyone say, put on, put on. 
the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is, is all and in, in all. Put on then as God's chosen one, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against one another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you. But you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called to one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with all thankfulness and hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word, God. We thank you, Lord, that we can learn so much about you and so much about ourselves and learn how to be like you through your word today. I pray that we will receive what it is you have to say, that it would not be me speaking, that it will be you speaking through me, Lord, and that your word, Lord, would deposit on our hearts today. We love you, Jesus, and we pray all this. Can we all say? Amen. 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 So I love my apartment here in Tampa. Um, I lived in Lakeland for a couple years and moved to Tampa last August. And there's a few reasons why I love my apartment here. Um, the first thing is because it's walking distance from the best coffee shop in all the land, and that is King State. Shout out to them. Um, another reason why is because it's about a mile away from the I-275. So I can get anywhere in Tampa with no traffic for, for in about nine minutes. So quick trip, anywhere I got to go, just don't ask me to go to Orlando because I'm not going. But another reason why I love my apartment is because... It has a low ceiling. Now, stay with me here. If you notice, I am a very tall 5'7". Um, I thought I was 5'6 half. My doctor says 5'7", so we're going with what the doctor says because the doctor knows better than me. And what they call us now is they call us a certain term, and they consider us royalty now. They call us short kings. Emphasis on the kings. There we go. We got some short kings in the building. Some love of the short kings. I love it. But if, if, the, short kings, if the short king is what I am then my apartment is a palace yes. Yes. because the ceilings are so low. All I have to do is tippy-toe, and I'm touching the ceiling. It's a beautiful thing. But I ran into an issue not too long ago. I decided maybe we're going to skip out on the run. We're going to go out and work, work out at home. I decided to do something called the burpee. Um, now, if you're not familiar with what that is, it's a squat up to a push-up, back into the squat, and then you jump up, and that's one. Now, the problem is... When I jumped up to complete that rep, my head hits the ceiling. The ceiling was too low. Now, it was keeping me from extending to where it is I needed to reach. Now, the only way to solve that is not by just keep doing burpees and hitting my head every time. The only way to solve that is by putting myself in an environment where the ceiling is raised because you can only grow as high as your ceilings allow you to. You see, the biggest opposition to our growth is not the world, it's not the devil, it's ourselves. It's the limitations we place on ourselves, the box that we place ourselves in, the roof that we place ourselves under, those things, those bad habits, those bad relationships that we keep going to. We're the people that put limits on ourselves. But how can we fix this? How can we prevent ourselves from capping our own growth? It's by taking ourselves out of that old environment and going into the new. It's by leaving behind that old self and putting on the new. In the book of Colossians chapter 3, Paul is calling the church of Colossae to go out with the old and in with the new. 
It's time to get out of those old environments, to get into those new environments. It's, get, it's time to get out, to get rid of the old self and put on the new. It's time to get out of that place with low ceilings and go move on to a place with higher ones. It's time to raise the roof. And this, in this portion of Colossians, Paul gives us instructions on how to put on that new self. He, he tells us how to set that standard higher. And, and what are some steps that we need to take to raise the ceilings of our life? Paul goes through that here in Colossians chapter 3. How do we get to that new self? How do we raise the roof of which the standard we live our lives under? Now, the first thing Paul mentions here is in chapter 3, verse 1. It says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek, everyone say seek, seek. the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. That word seek in the Greek actually means to look for, to desire, because in order for us to be willing to, in order for us to get to that new place, to get to that new place with the higher roof, we have to first desire it. We have to seek the things that are above. We have to look for the things that are above. We have to desire the things that are above. We can't move somewhere we don't desire. We can't put on something we don't want. We can't find something that we don't look for. Recently, because of that low ceiling, because of that burpee experience, I decided, you know what? It's time for me to move. It's time for me to find a new place with maybe a higher ceiling so I can truly reach my potential. Um, but as I'm making this decision, I don't just sit on my couch and waiting for a phone call or, or just hoping that somebody like slips an apartment offer to me. I have to look for it. I've got to make some calls. I've got to submit some applications. I've got to download Zillow. I've got to look for a new place, a new environment. I have to desire it. I have to seek new options. I've got to look for them because I've got to first be dissatisfied with the old in order to seek what's above. You've got to desire it. You've got to want it. And some of us desire to grow, but don't make a move. We desire to move to a place, but don't take any action. We desire growth, but don't even make an attempt to leave our place with new ceilings. We've got to desire them. And if, if our desire is there, then that will cause movement. Some of us want to, want to grow closer with Jesus. We want to further our walks with Christ. We want to be better disciples, be better sons, daughters, wives, husbands, but are still seeking the world's validation. we got to stop seeking what's below and seek what's above. We've got to seek God. Seek what is above. And when you desire something, it becomes a priority in our life. I wonder, does God compliment your life or is he the center of it? Are we making him a priority or is it just something we do on Sunday mornings? Is God a priority in our life? And, and if we truly desire that new stuff, truly want that new environment, that new standard, then we got to make God a priority. We got to make prayer a priority. We got to make reading your word a priority. We got to make being, around, being in environments where, pe where people make him a priority a priority. We've got to seek those places. We've got to make him a priority. If we want to see the roofs of our lives raised, if we want to see the roof of the standard of which we live under and grow to a new level of faith, we've got to first seek it out. We've got to look for it. We've got to desire it. What I love about this chapter, too, is that not Paul just doesn't give us the instruction to desire it, but we also have to be willing to go out with the old. Verse 5 through 9 says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. And on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. And these you too once walked when you were living with them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self and its practices. 
Once we seek and desire what is above, we have to be willing to go out with the old. See, oftentimes when I'm moving and now in this transitional state where I'm finding a new place, oftentimes I go through the selling craze. I look through my closets, look through my sneaker collection and say, what can I sell and get rid of that won't, that fit in the old, but won't, won't fit in the new? We, we've we've got to be willing to put to death those, those things of old and not take them into the new. You see, because when you desire to put on that new, to move on to that place with a raised roof, there are things you have to leave behind. Things you can't take with you, habits you can't take with you, relationships you can't take with you, desires you can't take with you. We have to be willing to, to put to death the old, to go on off with the old, and be willing to put on the new. But how can we get, how can we put to death those sinful desires? How can we put to death those desires we just can't seem to get rid of? I love what one of my old pastors used to say, and I'm pretty sure he quoted somebody else, but I don't know who quoted that, so I'm going to say he said it. Um, so he says, if you want to see something grow, water it. If you want to see something die, starve it. If you want to get past those old desires, those old habits, those old relationships, we've got to be willing to starve them. Now, recently, I've been training for the Chicago Marathon coming up in October, and what, what I hate about Publix, and not, not a, no offense to anyone that works for Publix in here, um, every time I decide to make better decisions for my life, they make poor ones for my life. And let me, let me let you know what I mean. You know, I decided to diet, to lose some weight before the marathon, to just make better decisions, not make it too complicated, just constantly make better decisions every single day when it comes to what I eat. But of course, I go to Publix, and what do I see in the freezer section? Ben and Jerry's, two for six. I'm like, what? It will be a sin for me not to grab it, okay? Because that is a great deal, two for six. My mom taught me not to deny a good deal. So what do we do? We grab the ice cream, we put it in the freezer and say, you know what? For a rainy day, I'm going to keep it in there for when life gets rough, when it, when it rains outside and it's just a nice Netflix day, I'm going to keep it in my freezer. The problem is those days came way too often. And those pints were finished way too quick. And it's, it's, it's deterring my progress because I'm having a rainy day every day. If you spend a lot of time in Florida, you know that it rains here in the summer literally every day. So every day is a rainy day. Every day I'm going after the Ben and Jerry's. Thank you, Publix. But what I've learned is that in order not to fall in the trap, I just need to avoid it and not have it in my freezer. If my sweet tooth comes and I don't have it in my house, then that desire now becomes starved and I don't consume those extra calories. I would have eliminated the temptation because I avoided placing myself there in the first place. You see, the way to kill sin and earthly desires is to completely separate ourselves in it, from it. Com completely place ourselves in situations and positions where we won't be tempted. And I don't know about you, but I'm just so tired of seeing Christians fall, figures of faith fall, because they maybe weren't wise about the situations they placed themselves in. Because I wonder what would happen if they avoided places of temptation. You know, after a while, you know, we all often say the term, we fall into sin. But if you place yourself in a place, of, in an area where you know you're going to be tempted, you're not falling into sin. You are jumping in it. You're choosing to surround yourself around things that tempt you, things that remind you of that old self. We have to completely abandon it. We have to completely avoid it. Because if you want to grow in, our, in your relationship with Christ, we've got to stop dancing near what's forbidden. You're struggling with alcohol? Don't test yourself and go to the bar. You're trying to lose weight? 
Maybe don't grab the Ben and Jerry's. You're single and burning, or maybe you're trying to stop having sex before marriage. Maybe avoid the Netflix and chill. We've got to stop placing ourselves in situations where we are susceptible to fall into temptation. You see, because avoidance doesn't mean you're weak. It means you're wise. Wisdom is true strength. We've got to stop flirting with sin. We've got to set the standard higher. We've got to raise that ceiling. We've got to raise that roof in our lives to not settle for avoiding, for, for settling for areas where we're going to be tempted to sin. We've got to avoid it. If we want to raise that roof in our relationship with Jesus, we have to desire what is above. And when you desire what is above, you are willing to part with the old. You are willing to kill that old self. You're willing to put those things away. Sell those things. Kill them. Avoid those areas where you're going to be tempted. And I love this passage because not only do we, does Paul call, it, call us to desire what is above, not just does he call us to put off the old, but he also calls us to put on the new. Verse 12 to 14 says, Put on then as God's ho- chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, you also must forgive. And above all, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. We are called to put on the new. Put on is an action. It's a daily thing we have to do. Yeah. Now, I love career day for, um, when, it, when it comes to elementary schools because kids get to dress up as who they want to be. See little firefighters, little policemen, um, little baseball players, that dream ended very quickly for me as I realized that I have no hand-eye coordination. There was no chance I was going to make it on the Mets. Um, but kids, their dream, they dream of who they want to be. And one time, as a good big brother I am, I have a conversation with my little brother. I say, hey, Aaron, um, you know, I know you're only eight years old, but I think it's time to start having vision for your life, seeing where it is you want to go. And I looked at him with all seriousness saying, what do you want to be when you grow up? He looks at me with the fire in his eyes as if he'd been waiting for somebody to ask him that question. And he thinks, he ponders, he looks back up at me with a smile on his face. He says, I want to be a dragon. A dragon? <laughs> Say, yeah, a dragon. I was like, bud, that's not how this works. So you, you, you gotta be, it's limited to what we actually can be, what we actually can do. Um, and every single Halloween after that, he dressed as the dragon from Sleeping Beauty. He had that costume. I wish I had the picture so I can show you and embarrass him. But, every, but that was what he told me constantly for about two years until he figured out that you can't actually be that. But the reason why I love career day is because we get to dress up like who it is we want to become. We have to intentionally put on that new self to raise that standard. And what that requires is us putting on, putting on that new self. Even if, even, if, even if we're not there yet. Because when it comes to career day, the kids dress like who it is they want to become. The same goes for the new self. To put something on is an action. It's not something we're expected to have. We have to put it on daily. If we're not feeling loving, we've got to put on love. If we're not feeling patient, we've got to put on patience. If we're not feeling compassionate, we've got to put on compassion. Despite if we're not feeling it. Paul's charging us to put on that new self despite how we feel because we've got to dress like who it is we want to become. We have to intentionally put on that new self, intentionally raise that standard, intentionally raise that roof. That's the only way we'll become that new self is when we constantly put, make a decision to put it on daily. I love what James Clear says in the book Atomic Habits. He says, every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. 
when we intentionally put on that new self, despite not feeling like it, being patient despite not feeling like it, being, being loving despite not feeling like that, it's a vote towards the person we want to become. You know, when I, before I moved to Florida, I lived with my parents till I was 26 years old. And I loved my parents. And it was so nice knowing that I could have 47 cents in my bank account and I could still go home to a plate of arroz con gandules. Uh, if you don't know what that is, make sure you find a Puerto Rican at the service so they can hook you up. Um, but I love my parents. We had a great relationship. It was great getting a home-cooked meal every day. But what I realized quickly is that I quickly hit that ceiling of growth. I couldn't grow anymore with them. I depended on them too much. I had to take myself out of that environment even if I wasn't ready, even if I wasn't financially wise yet, even though I, I didn't know how to steward my time well. I had to remove myself from that situation and put myself in a new environment with a higher ceiling so I can extend my growth, so I can grow higher. And we have, to, we have to make changes to our environment. We've got to put on that new self, even if we don't feel like we're ready for it. Even if you don't feel like that, put on love. Even if you don't feel patient, put on patience. We've got to put on that new self despite how we feel. Because if our goal is to be in Christ, that means putting on that new self despite feeling like we are there or not. We've got to intentionally put on that new self. Dress like the person you want to become. As the band comes... We've got to raise the roof of our faith. In order to do that, we've got to first desire it. We have to be willing to go out with the old and put on the new. Now, oftentimes when you move somewhere, you notice it doesn't feel like home right away. The lease tells you that it's home. You, you sure paid the deposit so that your bank account tells you it's home as well. <laughs> but what I notice is that when you move somewhere, it often feels empty because you often don't have everything set up yet. You're missing a couch, you're sitting on the floor, you're using disposable plates, you're reusing that bowl from Chipotle, that's you, please stop. <laughs> but you'll notice that it's not home just yet. It doesn't feel like home even though it actually is. But over time you'll notice that you'll, you'll buy a couch and now you have somewhere to sit. You'll get a table, you'll paint the walls, you'll get a TV and now all of a sudden, through, through time after time, it starts to feel more like home. A new environment that once felt unfamiliar and now feels like home. And the same applies to that new self. It doesn't feel like, that new self doesn't feel like me. I'm still going to make decisions to put that on every single day because there's going to come a time when the new self is going to become you. You're going to become that new self. You're going to make strides towards it. And when you choose to put on that new self, when you choose to raise the roof, you may not have everything together yet. It may feel empty at first. There may be a few times where you fall. But I promise you, if you constantly strive to put on that new self, when you constantly strive to raise that ceiling, to raise that roof, there's going to be a time when, when you are now loving, when you are now patient, when you are now compassionate. Because the intentional decisions you make to leave behind the old and put on the new. You get accustomed to living life with a raised roof that glorifies Jesus every step of the way. Because it's not about what you don't have now. It's about what you will have. It's about what you strive for. Because when you constantly strive to put on that new self, to raise the roof, it's a vote towards who you want to become. And who we want to become is like Jesus and glorify his name. Colossians chapter 3 verse 17 in the message version says, let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the master Jesus, thanking God 
every step of the way. That new self will glorify Jesus in every area of your life. Your calling, your relationships, your jobs, your marriages. It's gonna to start to spill over in every area of your life and soon we're gonna see ourselves living out what Colossians 3.17 says. We're gonna see ourselves doing everything in the name of our Lord Jesus. And what I love about this passage in Colossians is what it says and what it doesn't say. It says put on the new self, meaning it's something we have to do daily. But what stood out to me here is not only what it says, but what it doesn't say. And it says we are to put on the new self, but it never says we have to perfect it. You see, when you put on the new self, there's gonna come times when you go back to the old. And that's okay because the expectation is not for us to perfect it. We're meant to put it on daily. There's gonna be times where we miss the mark. There's gonna be times where we fall back into the old, but what I love about Jesus is that in our weakness, he is our strength. As long as we constantly seek what is above, he will give us the strength to get rid of the old and put on the new. Even if you have moments when you fall back to the old. I love what Romans says here in Romans chapter 8, verse 39, 38 through 39. It says, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, no height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from the love of Jesus. No bad habit, no old desire, no old relationship can ever separate you from the love of Jesus. Don't ever stop going back to that old thing. Stop you from putting on that new. Because the grace of God is sufficient for you. It's sufficient for your mistakes. It's sufficient for your shortcomings. It's sufficient for those old bad habits that you keep going to. It's sufficient for it. We get to put on that new self daily because the grace of God allows us to. It gives us that strength to. And what I ask today is that maybe you've been struggling with an old desire. What I love about Jesus is he, he, he asks, hey, seek and you will find. Desire to get rid of that old habit Ask Jesus to get rid of that old habit and he will give you the power to deny it. He'll remove that desire from you. All we have to do is depend on, depend on him and know that nothing can separate you from the love of Jesus. No sin, no past, no bad relationship can separate it from you. It's through his strength that we are more than conquerors. It's through his strength that we can get rid of the old. It's through his strength where we can put on the new. As long as we constantly seek what is above, he will give us the strength to get rid of the old and put on that new. Because his goodness isn't dependent on our results. It's dependent on the love he first had for us. As we all stand. Now I would not be doing my job here today if I didn't offer that grace to somebody here that may have never experienced it. Maybe you're here for the first time and you're hearing us talk about this Jesus and this freedom he provides, this grace he provides, and you're wondering, who is this Jesus guy and how can I give my life over to him? I wanna give you the opportunity to do that today. And if that's you, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I wanna give you an opportunity to do that. And just so I can know who I'm praying for, if that's you today, if you never gave your life to Jesus, I wanna give you that opportunity now. So I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand in three, two, one. Beautiful. 
for the rest of us here, we've got a majority of believers in the room today. And I wonder if maybe there's something in your life that God is calling you to raise the roof in. I wonder if there's a ceiling that you've been limiting yourself to. I wonder if there's an old habit, an old relationship, an old bad habit, or something that has been keeping you from putting on that new. I wonder if we're dealing with that today. What I can tell you is that God is giving you the strength to put on the new. And the grace of God forgives you for whatever old desire you keep going back to. He's now giving you the power to put on that new daily, to raise the roof of which you live your life under and put it on that new self. If that's you today, I wonder if we can all raise our hands as a sign of surrender, saying, God, I am done going back to that old thing. I am done going back to that bad habit. I am done going back to that old desire. But today I'm lifting my hands as a sign of surrender, saying, I am gonna put on that new self. I am gonna raise the roof of my life. I'm gonna raise the ceiling in my life because you have given me the strength to do that because you are a good God. Come on, when we sing this today as a sign of surrender, as a sign of us raising that ceiling in our lives, Thank you for listening to the Grace City Tampa podcast. Stay tuned for more weekly messages from our church.